ओम ज्ञानस्वीरंधस्य ज्ञानंजन शलाकय चक्षुर्मीलिता तस्मय श्रीगुरवे नम This statement of Yamaraj may not appear to be correct. <clears throat> It doesn't appear that everyone is under the control of the Supreme Lord. Especially in the Western countries, they very much value freedom. the motto of the french revolution we shall have liberty equality and fraternity of course there are some problems with this that if you give problem. people liberty they may not want to be fraternal why should i treat you like a brother i'll beat you on the head this is my liberty and uh, the law of the jungle is that might makes right So if someone is uh, stronger than another then he will exploit them and then there won't be equality either so even though they talk of liberty there are so many laws to restrict people in their activities for instance if the police stop you while you're driving your car and say why are you driving on the wrong side of the road you say well it's my liberty and if you do something more seriously wrong then they will take away your liberty by sticking you in prison so the uh, of course the as somehow or other we came to the point of the french revolution this was a significant point in western european well in european history in in the history of the western so world it, as it was the uh, first revolution in europe against the old order represented by the church and the monarchy and the new way of thinking that you should think for yourself don't follow the church and uh, this was all enshrined in the motto liberty egalitas fraternity it didn't just mean that it meant kick out the church also so is a revolution against old ideas why should we be controlled by the church and they brought in a different uh, gradually a different way of thinking uh, took over in the western world so the idea of freedom is very uh, strongly in, in very strong in the western mm-hmm. and they think that we are free people we can vote for who we like we can travel here and there we have the money to do so we are free to enjoy life uh, maybe a couple of years ago i saw uh, an american university student had written that the american way of life is the best ever in existence ever since darwin's grandfather became a man Instead of a monkey, this was an American university student. Or since Adam committed the heinous sin of eating an apple, for which uh, you know the whole human race has to suffer for the sin for generations ever since. Be careful when you eat out of apples. So anyway, our American university said the American student said that the American way of life is the best because it gives the unlimited uh, opportunities for pursuing personal happiness in other words people think that they're not under the laws of god you can do what you like think what you like say what you like whenever you like however there are some problems with this theory one problem is that people aren't happy at all there are so many social problems in america 
And the worst problem is that uh, their theory is wrong. And that although theoretically you can do and think and say what you like whenever you like, there are reactions for that. For instance, um, while you're sitting in your office working extremely hard to get enough money so you can do and say and think whatever you like whenever you like, it's, it's impossible that an airplane may come through the window and kill you. Uh, this is called a karmic reaction. Uh, people are shocked at such horrible things happening, yes, although they don't consider that every day when they go to the restaurant and uh, stick a piece of cow in their mouth, what a horrible thing that is also. That they are doing what they like, but they're not doing what the cow likes. The cow didn't ask you to be slaughtered. The cow didn't think that, uh, let me sacrifice my life for the honorable cause of making an American happy. How lucky I am to be an American cow and be eaten by an American and not a Russian. So uh, they don't consider they're causing so much suffering to others. And there will be a reaction. Here we see this chapter is being spoken by Yamaraj. He is not a mythical figure. Yamaraj has a record of everything we do. There is uh, an adverse karmic reaction even for stepping on an ant. What to speak of uh, mass animal slaughter, mass embryo slaughter, and so on. They uh, make out that Hitler is such a bad person, he killed so many people. Not nearly as many people as have been slaughtered in America even before they got the chance to come out of their mother's womb. So people should understand, we are controlled by the laws of God. Everything we do is seen by God and the demigods. And there is a severe karmic reaction for sinful activity. In Kali Yuga, people are accustomed to committing sinful activities as, it is, as if it is ordinary. And therefore they have to suffer. Once Prabhupada was on a morning walk in Los Angeles and a devotee asked him that, but what happens to people in Kali Yuga if they don't take up Krishna consciousness? Prabhupada mm -hmm. said they all become animals, which is understandable according to the directions given in the Vedic literatures, that Jaganya Vritti Sthā Those who uh, act in the abominable mode of ignorance, they must go down. So it is a great a misfortune for human society that people are educated that there is no God in control. This is a demoniac theory. The demoniacs say that this world is unreal and there is, it has no basis or foundation. They specifically deny that there is any God in control. They say it has come into being by chance with uh, lust. So Krishna spoke this uh, many years before Darwin's theory came into being. Hmm? Before Darwin, Freud and all these <laughs> other rascals. So Darwin thought he was being very original. We thought that uh, due to chance, the the monkey cells in his brain had developed to such an extent that he could understand everything. But actually, these kind of theories are going on, always, in one form or another. There will always be people who deny that there is God. And although they may think they're very intelligent, they have to suffer as a result of their wrong theories. 
because uh, however much they may like to claim that there is no God, simply by their claiming to us, it doesn't negate the existence of God. I remember when one of my sisters was very, just very young, she used to close her eyes and say, you can't see me. She thought that because I, I could, because she couldn't see me, that I couldn't see her. And she was quite convinced. So that is childish to simply imagine that something is true because you think it is. But this is the way the demons think. Recently I was reading in uh, one of Prabhupada's purports in this sixth canto. Prabhupada said the modern science of anthropology is based on Darwin's theory. So I have this uh, Encyclopedia Britannica, a very famous, uh, in the English language, is very famous uh, encyclopedia. I have this in my computer. So I looked up anthropology. And it was actually quite humorous, many of the things they were writing. They were saying, they were describing how human beings, see, previously they were monkeys who were jumping from tree to tree. But then some of them, they got very big bodies, so it was incon- it was no longer practical to jump from tree to tree. So they came down to the ground, and then to get the fruit on the tree, they had to reach up. So they stopped crawling on their legs, and they stood up straight. So it's quite humorous. But at the same time, it's quite shocking that they're writing this as if it's a scientific fact, no. without even the slightest bit of proof. It's a completely imaginary scenario. They've, they've simply made it up. and they But they write it in the highly prestigious encyclopedia as if it's a fact. Such cheating. But they're convinced it's true. Why? How? They're very intelligent people. I mean, in one sense, they're very intelligent. To believe such a thing, they must be stupid. But on the other hand, they are intelligent. I mean, to get a university degree, you have to have some kind of intelligence. So uh, they have the intelligence to uh, think in various ways. But how is it, if they're intelligent, that their thinking is so absurd? Absurd means uh, ridiculously foolish. That Krishna describes in Bhagavad Gita. Matasmrite jnanam apohanam cha. From me, Krishna says, comes remembrance, knowledge, and forgetfulness. So if we desire to forget God, as Prabhupada said, then he will give us the intelligence by which we can forget him forever. When a devotee sees a flower, he sees Krishna. He sees how by Krishna's wonderful arrangement such a nice thing has been produced. But the atheist thinks, oh, by evolution. Now it's interesting that... uh, Modern science has tended to be, uh, in des- it's, it's, it's pragmatic in design, uh, pragmatic functional, functional in design. So, functional? Functional. Yeah, functional, pragmatic. Just like we see in Russia, uh, all the architecture is simply functional. There's no, I mean, during the communist period, there was, apart from maybe the train stations, but like the factories, the factories and the residences, they're all just functional, not, not nice at all. The metro, the main stations. The, uh, not the metro, like the main stations, they have big uh, stations and halls of culture. Uh, and like this. There are a few yes, nice buildings. Yes. Maybe Comrade Leonid had a nice dacha, Mr. Bergman. But mostly the buildings, they're simply big blocks. They look like an oversized brick. You the, the, apartment blocks, the apartment blocks? 
So everywhere we see uh, in Yugoslavia, Hungary, Russia, there's just big because it's functional, it's easy to build, it doesn't have to look nice. So, how is it that the flower looks so nice? How did it evolve like this? What is the... How has this come about by chance that it should look so nice? And flowers as a genus, they all they tend to look very nice. As a, as a group, as a, as a biological group, flowers... Generally, they look very nice. Well, I don't know how the uh, highly intelligent monkeys explain it. They probably have some kind of explanation, or maybe they just avoid the issue. By the highly intelligent monkeys, we mean the university professor. But uh, we have a much better explanation. Just like <laughs> if you see a nice painting, you can give different explanations of how it came to be. One of them is that someone painted it pretty good explanation. Another explanation is that uh, a million monkeys were in a room with a, with a bunch of paint and they were left there for several generations of monkeys and they were all splashing it here and there. And uh, then, uh, you know, after million, after 10 million years of so many monkeys splashing it here and there, you uh, we got uh, the Mona Lisa. Actually, in Britain, there was a, there was a famous artist, modern artist, in Britain, there was a famous modern artist. A modern art means uh, it looks like one of the uh, monkey's attempts that wasn't the Mona Lisa. So he sold one of his paintings for ten thousand pounds, which you know, you can make a lot of kasha for ten thousand pounds. I mean, you could do something a lot more useful with it than have a canvas with a few blobs of paint here on it. So after it was sold, he revealed that. Actually, he had just left the, his four-year-old child with the with some paint and the canvas, and this was the modern art. And all the art critics, they're coming and saying, "Yes, well, you see, it reveals a very in." They're looking and trying to give some meaning and say it reveals a very intimate insight and of the artist's development and so many things. <laughs> so it's a, a gang of fools. But unfortunately, uh, people, they are directing the human society with these grossly foolish ideas, which no. are actually laughable. Everything in modern society is absurd. But uh, they don't understand why they have so many problems. They, uh, they've developed the whole science of psychology to try to put people's crazy heads back together again. And now they're suffering from terrorism. They've invented the cure for terrorism, which is go and blow up the terrorists. Now they're afflicted by terrorism. They've invented the cure for terrorism, which is go and blow up the terrorists. Or if you don't know who the terrorists are, if you can't find them, well, just go and blow up someone. Yes, bomb someone. Yes, kill someone. But. And they're saying we want to remove all the terror, we want to finish terrorism. But they can't finish it. They themselves are terrorists. They're killing so many animals. So these problems in human society must continue. Don't think that by any political adjustment it can end. People are grossly sinful and they must get the reaction. They fight and then uh, after some time they have a peace meeting. And at the peace meeting they eat so much meat. And this way they prepare the next war. So what is the solution? 
The actual solution is that people must be given knowledge of the real facts. They may not appreciate it very much because they are in such a different mode of life that they, they are fully convinced that their own personal happiness is the total goal of life. We have to present it as if it is something for their sense gratification. Paradox. What do you say when you sell these books? What do you say? Will it help you to find peace? You say like that? What else do you say? Must say something. I mean, you don't, you don't just people don't come running up to you and fall at your feet and beg, please take all my money and give me some book. I mean, they should do, but they don't. People like the idea we will get some peace because you know I'm so much harassed. I'd like to have a little peace and then I could enjoy life peacefully. But actually, these books are meant for completely changing people's lives. If we tell people that uh, these books are telling you to give up meat eating, gambling, illicit sex, and intoxication, how many people would take the books if you told them that? Uh, how many books would you sell if you gave that line? Estimate. Yeah, something like. Uh, five a year. But actually these books are for making a revolution in people's lives. I'm talking about the French Revolution, another very famous revolution was the Russian Revolution. It's but actually it wasn't a real revolution. Instead of being oppressed by the Tsar, they were oppressed by the Bolsheviks. I mean, compared to Stalin, the, the Tsar was a saint. And the, uh, the same activities were going on. People were trying to get some food, some drink, some sex. So it, there was the, externally there may have been some political change, but the real revolution is to change the consciousness of the people. That revolution is recommended in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Tadvag Visargo Janataga Viplavo Yasmin Pratishlokam Abhatavatyapi Namanyanantasi Shankitan Yadstrindanti Gayanti Igrinanti Sadavaha. This word is used in this verse. Viplava, which means revolution. And another word is used, Janata Agha, Janata Agha, means the sinful population. So it is said that uh, those words which describe uh, the name, form, qualities and pastimes of the unlimited Lord are meant for creating a revolution in the misdirected lives of a sinful population. And practically we see this. It's not simply some uh, poetic language. Anyone who has uh, taken up the teachings in Prabhupada's books, there's been a complete revolution in their lives. I mean, I know my life uh, previous to reading Prabhupada's books, it just seems like a dream. Uh, maybe it may be like another person. I don't feel like that was me. How do you all feel? You feel like that also? Duh. Yeah. Even, what is your age? That's not here. You said duh? No. It's considered impolite to us. Well, we're not we're not following Russian culture now. In Vedic, I think they say like that. Why they say like that? Because if you're older, that's considered worse, isn't it? Is it like that? Is it like that? The reason for that is because when you're young, you can enjoy sense gratification more. Uh, and therefore, the older you are, the less 
worthy you are considered. But in Vedic, <laughs> but in Vedic culture, you're supposed to be developing spiritual knowledge and spiritual awareness. And therefore, the older you are, you're considered more respectable. See the difference? So, don't be ashamed on the bodily platform. Anyway, uh, I don't want to harass you. <laughs> I'll, but I just wanted to ask the question. You see, just in, say someone is, uh, you see, I took up, or I was somehow or other allowed to start chanting Hare Krishna at the age of 18. And now, uh, this particular bag of bones, which I'm, which I'm, uh, at present trapped in is, uh, almost 45 years old. So, it might, you know, even for anyone 45 years old, their life, more than, you know, their life, their youth may seem like a long distant dream. So it's very interesting to me that someone who has taken up Krishna consciousness in later life and who's most of their life in this present, in the present bag of bones which they're in has not been in Krishna consciousness. They also feel that my life previous to Krishna consciousness is just like a dream. When we look back, we see there's no meaning to such existence. Without acting for Krishna, what is that? What kind of life is that? So this, uh, the knowledge given in these books makes a revolution in our way of thinking. This is the real revolution. Changing from one social system to another, that is not the uh, revolution of the soul. So we see that uh, practically these books, they have the power to change people's lives. And... Uh, Another interesting point is that uh, how the knowledge in these books that is uh, that applies to every living soul, whatever cultural background they may be coming from. Uh, we practically see that people from all different cultures all over the world take mm -hmm. up Krishna consciousness. And even though there may be so many reasons for differences between people, when they take up Krishna consciousness, they can immediately relate with each other. Just like um, we may meet a devotee, we often have the experience, and probably in Moscow more than other places, of meeting devotees from another place who we don't know. But we can immediately relate with them on the platform of Krishna consciousness because it's the same Krishna consciousness. It's not that someone takes up Krishna consciousness. Of course, we do find some mental speculators who take up Krishna consciousness in their own so-called way. But the basis of actual Krishna consciousness is the same for everybody. To understand that we are not this bag of bones, but we Please, are sir. eternal servants of Krishna. And life is simply meant for serving Krishna. Please. So this is the actual knowledge that can unite all human society and uh, remove all the misconceptions and enmity. By creating a revolution in people's consciousness, people are leading simple lives. They don't think that when I'm eating meat, I'm causing so much suffering. And they're ignorant of the uh, suffering that they themselves will have to undergo because of it. So it's very much required that this knowledge be widely distributed in human society. That uh, actually a devotee, he's, when he sees people not in Krishna consciousness, he feels very sorry for them. They're wasting their lives. They're spoiling their lives. So... Getting this knowledge and perceiving in our own lives how much effect there is, how much, how much it's totally revolutionized and improved our lives, we should feel also to give this to others. This whole uh, section that we're reading now in Bhagavatam, that is uh, based around the story of Ajamya. So that whole story is 
encapsulated in this book, the second chance. So you have this in Russian, isn't it? Yes. You have stock. Yes. The distribution. It's in print. So it's yes. a very important book. Very important that you distribute this book. It gives the. Uh, it it brings into perspective the fact that we all have to die. And that uh, most people in the world who will be distributing these books too, they will have to face the same fate that Ajamil was almost uh, forced to face. In other words, by by following sinful lives, they will have to be punished by Yamara. But the book also gives the knowledge that if we take up Krishna consciousness, especially by chanting the holy names of Krishna, we will be delivered from sinful reactions and can attain love of God. So this knowledge is so much vital for human society. So this will probably be my last lecture in Russia this year. I'm supposed to be leaving this uh, evening. So... I forgot to tell you this is my last lecture. <laughs> of course, you never know what will happen in the future. But I think this is an important thing to say. Just last thing. Important message, just as I'm leaving. The last thing that was also stressing to the assembled devotees in Divna Mosque. Grave responsibility of all the followers of Srila Prabhupada to see that his books are distributed. Hare Krishna. Are there any questions? You can read it in Russian. time. Even what? Yeah. I am well, who are our kinsmen? Our real brothers and sisters are the devotees. Otherwise, you've had so many brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers, grandfathers, butterflies, grandmothers. <laughs> so our real family members are the devotees. As far as anyone else is concerned, that is the uh, misuse of their independence if they refuse to chant Hare Krishna то это просто злоупотребление независимостью человека. But you can chant Hare Krishna and they'll be purified. If you become a pure devotee, then your kinsmen will also be delivered. We often find that people who are reluctant to chant Hare Krishna are less reluctant to take Krishna Prasad. There are some people who are very difficult cases who even refuse to take Krishna Prasad. But you have to try and trick them and give them prasad without telling them what it is. One way or the other, you have to give them Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy. I think the uh, Russian people, they like our devotees' cakes very much. They seem to be very popular. So this is a good way to get Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy to them. Distribute books. You go out to chant the holy names. You go out regularly on the Arbat, is it? So the people, there may be people there who don't like the chanting. Some people, they walk away like this, is it? Some people do like that. They cover their ears and run away. You get some people like that. Yes? So they don't want to hear the holy name. Too late. You already heard it. You're already infected. Gradually it will happen. We've practically seen that uh, people who are exposed 
to the regular chanting of the holy names, even if they're big demons, they can be purified. I've told this story several times, I'll tell it again. It's a yeah, was story. It? That uh, in our old temple in central London, we used to go out every day, still from our new temple, but this was many years ago in the 1970s. We used to go out every day on Harinam. So just on the way out from the temple on the street corner, there was an old man selling newspapers. So you might have thought that the devotees going on Harinam, they'd be first of all welcomed by demigods showering flowers. But instead, every day they got welcomed by um, a very good, a very comprehensive selection of all the worst language in the the worst words in the English language. No. If anyone wanted to, to, to learn advanced cursing, swearing, and bad language in English, they could learn it from that man. I mean, really, really foul language every day, loud. So anyway, it's not a major disturbance. The devotees simply went past him and chanted Hare Krishna. Look. And gradually the sound of him cursing would fade away as they moved further down the street. And they would get... Uh, Part two on the way back. No second installment on the way back. <laughs> so, um, one day, going out as usual, and the man was standing there, and we didn't even think, you know, now we're going to hear all this. <laughs> even though you don't understand what I would say, uh, you wouldn't understand either. I don't want to repeat it. I mean, I'm sure you have similar words in Russian which shouldn't be repeated. But uh, today after about, you know, after about six or seven years, today was the first time it was different. Today for the, for the first time, maybe in the last 50 years of his existence, he smiled and the devotees were shocked and he held up a Bhagavad Gita as it is. He said, I got one too. What happened, you see, our Matajis, they used to go out with flowers and give them to people and ask people to give donations. And then they would give them books. See, they weren't dressed in saris, so people didn't know they were devotees. So, uh, what had happened the day before, one of the Matajis, feeling uh, intense compassion for this rascal who was definitely on his way to see Yamaraj and was going to have a long, long time under the care of Yamaraj, she decided we have to try and help this person. So she went and extracted a donation from him and gave him a Bhagavad Gita as he did. And then he realized that, you know, there was a nice, smiling young woman in front of him and what could he say? So he did some service, he gave a donation and he accepted Prabhupada's book. And that devotee was so merciful that uh, she, on behalf of all the devotees, forgave him for his many, many years of offenses. Because actually on one side he was making offenses, but on the, from the other point of view he was constantly hearing the holy names. So when the effect of the offenses was removed by his service and by the mercy of the devotee, then the effect of hearing the holy names for so long remained in his consciousness. Mm -hmm. so there are many practical examples of how people who are actually very much... Uh, against the chanting of the holy names, by constant uh, exposure to that, and by the mercy of the devotees, there can be a revolution in their consciousness. So it may not be a good, it's different in every case, but it may not be a good policy in every case to try to force people, our relatives or anybody else, to take up Krishna consciousness. But somehow or other, if they're exposed in some way or other, even without their knowing if they're exposed to Krishna consciousness, 
that will gradually purify them. Is there any other question? I don't remember saying that actually. You probably, what was the context? Yeah, like I say, I don't particularly remember that. But often, anyway, I can make a little comment on it. Sometimes if you cut a plant, it grows back again. So if it grows back again, cut it again. I don't remember saying that, and I have no, I don't remember reading that anywhere either. But in general, we can say that to uh, cutting material attachments is an ongoing process. Just like, for instance, someone may renounce this material world and become a sannyasi. And they cut his attachments to his home and his wife and his family and develop a strong spirit of renunciation. But then he may become attached to other material objects. He may become attached to his room or his water pot or his position or even to another woman. So we have to go on cutting the attachments within the home. Any other questions? Generally, there's not much benefit to associating with such people. I mean, they're not going to listen to anything that we have to say. And we can understand that although their intentions are good, their understanding of God consciousness is uh, generally, in many ways, uh, contaminated. In other words, they think you can be a uh, good Christian, a good Muslim, and uh, and still perform so many sinful activities, especially meetings. And even if out of politeness you stop to listen to them, they won't they won't let you go unless you agree to completely take up their ideas. So it's it's better neither to spend a lot of time with them nor nor even to argue with them. If a fanatical Christian comes up to you, you can say praise the Lord or something like that and walk on. Or you can say Hare Krishna also. And then if you say Hare Krishna they'll think, Oh you're he's doomed to burn forever. No use. Similarly with a Muslim. <laughs> 